up, guys? Welcome back to ADHD Remission. Um, I was just reading about some interesting stuff, but we're not gonna talk about that. We're gonna talk about um, we're gonna talk about gut issues. So yesterday we talked about um, what did we talk about? Yeah, we talked about medication yesterday. So what we're talking about today is um, gut issues. So <laughs> I probably should have prepared some studies here. Um, all right, you know we're just gonna wing it. Right, we're gonna wing it. Um, and then I might find, yeah, I'll find some studies after and then I'll put them in the description. So, what we're talking about today, we're going to talk about gut issues. I think gut issues are very, very causative in ADHD. Uh, well, if you're new here, ADHD Remission, um, this is the show where I teach you how to, well, I put my ADHD in your mission and my goal is to help you do that same thing. I cannot guarantee that you will fully remiss your ADHD, but I can 100% promise you that you will see a large reduction in your symptoms just from following the... Uh, zero effort <laughs> tips that I'm going to give you. All right, and this is one of them. Although this is actually, this, I accidentally just stopped the video, but this might be actually kind of difficult because this is going to require you to do maybe some elimination diets. Or just to be honest with yourself, if you were having the same struggles that I was for 17, yeah, 17 years. Um, so all my life, because we're talking about gut issues, right? All my life. I never had a single poop that was regular. Never. I thought it was I thought it was normal. I thought it was just I thought everyone wiped 40 times every time they went to the bathroom, right? I thought that was normal. I thought and I would just poop. I wouldn't poop at the same time every day. I would poop at random. I would poop like twice or three times a day. Every single time, 40, 50 wipes. I would go through toilet paper rolls so fast. Right? Um my parents say they weren't aware of this. I wasn't aware of this. I, I had no idea. I thought that this was completely normal. So I would see people on the internet talking about like, oh, if you wipe more than five times, like that's, you got to get that checked out. And I'm like, what? You wipe five times? I I just got done. I wiped 50 times. <laughs> um, so if you don't know, you might have this. If you don't know, if you're wiping 50 times, that is not normal. You should, even if you're wiping 10 times, if you're wiping really any more than five times, um, that's not normal. That means you have gut irritation. What can irritate the gut? Oh, so many things. Um, oh, so many things. So many things can irritate the gut. We're going to be going over a lot of them in this episode. Um, we're going to be going over whole grains. <laughs> God, I hate whole grains. Um, so all my life, because my parents, my, my parents, they had me eating like healthy foods, but not like really healthy foods, like the kind of, you know, conventional, like lots of vegetables, lots of beans and legumes, lots of whole grains. And what I've seen is a lot of Africans, a lot of black people who are Africans, well, they live in America, but ethnically they are African. Um, they're, and I'm not trying to start any, you know, I'm, I'm saying like evolutionarily, they're not American. Evolutionarily, I'm not American. Evolutionarily, I'm European. Evolutionarily, black people are African. And since they have you know, a uh, warmer climate, they can, uh, they can have a, they can grow a lot more grains and, and plants and legumes. Where I'm from up north, <laughs> we didn't have any of that, right? Most of the year, um, we would just have nothing. Like there's barely any plants, maybe a little bit of, but like, no, definitely not like grain. Definitely not a lot of that stuff it was not a huge part of our diet. Mainly we ate meat and fruit, um, and mostly meat, but down South Africa, right? They're able to I don't know. I might seem like I'm rambling here, 
everyone's different. I, I that's not even really true because there's a lot of African people who can't tell that stuff. There's a lot of European people who can. My friend's like almost completely German, and he just scarfs down oats. And <laughs> I cannot relate to that. Um, but yeah, so all my life, evidently, I had gut disruption just because I would have these just ridiculous, just ridiculous poops that I should not have been having. Um, and I never thought to question it because I thought that was just normal. Um, and then, you know, when I got into self-improvement, like a couple months, started thinking about my diet, uh, got rid of all processed foods. It got a little bit better, but it still wasn't good. It was still pretty bad. Then I found, you know, people talking about all this carnivore stuff and I started to, um, stop eating, uh, first I stopped eating starches, which that's not really a problem. The problem is just grains in general. So I started to stop eating grains, um, and then I stopped eating beans, and then eventually I stopped eating vegetables. Vegetables weren't the worst problem for me. The worst problem for me is beans and grains. Um, this is because beans and grains contain a lot of lectins, which are damaging to the gut wall. They cause gut permeability, also known as leaky gut syndrome. I'm not sure of the exact mechanisms, but obviously, I never have this problem anymore, alright? Never. Um... And we're going to be going over lots of... It's not just... Because that nuts and grains and sometimes vegetables, those are things that are gonna can irritate a lot of people's guts, but there are so many things in processed foods. And I know, understand some of you might want to still eat some processed foods. We're going to be going over some things which irritate the gut um, in processed foods. So I'm just me... Again, I'm all my... I never... Man, this is not even a flex. I should probably start scripting. I never script. So this is all going off memory. First thing is um, artificial sweeteners or um, natural sweeteners, stevia, monk fruit. <laughs> They're still, and, and there's probably me some people, the FDA said it was safe. Oh, that got debunked. That got debunked. Listen, I don't really care. Um, the artificial sweetener debate. <laughs> I'm not really into it just because like, <laughs> I'm not going to eat any, I don't care. It's not like something that I'm really like stressing over not having to eat. I don't care. I'm not going to eat it. I don't really I don't ever eat any uh, processed food anyways. Um, <laughs> I don't even eat vegetables. But, actually, I eat a little bit of vegetables. I ate a vegetable today. But, um, artificial sweeteners, I do not care at all about that debate. Um, but with a lot of people, they report that, and this is like, in, they get in controlled situations. I've seen like, clinical trials. But, like, just experimental, a lot of people have um, improved their gut function by removing these artificial sweeteners. I personally did not experience that because I just removed all the processed food at once. I'll tell you a bunch of things, other things in the processed food. Second one is um, carrageenan and gums. Um, carrageenan and gums are emulsifiers. So xanthan gum, guar, guar gum, um, cellulose gum. Um, there's a lot of gums. I don't even remember what they're all called. I used to be big on the gums, but I don't really care about that anymore. Um, so gums are <laughs> not good. Um those are going to cause the gut, and they, they just kind of irritate your gut. They kind of mess it up. I don't know the exact function. You're going to find these a lot in ice cream. You're going to find protein powders. God, protein powders. I used to take three scoops or two. I don't, even, I don't know. I think I'm pretty sure it's three. I'll take three scoops of protein. I'd put one scoop of this, like, peanut butter freaking protein powder just with just spamming myself with lectins. It had artificial sweeteners. It had, like, sucralose and stuff. It had um, – actually, I will contribute to the uh, artificial sweetener debate here. Give me a second. Um, definitive guide to, okay, let's see. Okay. 
So, Saccharin and Sucralose are both halogenated. So, yeah. If you look up Sucralose formula, it literally has chlorine in it. It literally has chlorine atoms. Just It's just straight up chlorine atoms in it. Um, we can look at Sucralose. Alright, I just looked that up. Saccharin formula. That's weird. Okay, no, I, I don't know. I can't. There's nothing for super. Um, acesulfame potassium is derived from acetone, which is uh, petrochemical. Um, oh, these aren't even that bad. I think it's mainly mainly sucralose. Is um, sucralose is literally chlorinated. Yeah, what do you think of that? Aspartame. Aspartame is probably better because it's not halogenated and it's not petrochemical. I'm pretty sure uh, it's actually derived from... It's, it just doesn't have any petrochemicals or um, halogens. So that's if you have to eat an artificial sweetener, that's probably the best. But, um, yeah, I had a bun bunch of artificial sweeteners, a bunch of gums, a bunch of uh, uh, lecithin, lecithin. I don't, I'm not, I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, those are also said to disrupt your gut. Again, I don't have any personal experience with all of this, any of this because I just got rid of it all at once. Every time I would take, you know, one of my mega scoop protein powder shakes, instant diarrhea. And I mean, instant diarrhea, like instant. Like I would, I would drink it, especially if I, did, especially if I did the three scoops of protein. If I did the three scoops of protein, I was gonna be on the toilet before I even finished that shake. It was crazy. So this stuff is so bad for my gut. Personally, I don't, I can't, because everyone's different. So I don't really, I can't prescribe something to you, but. <laughs> I would say be honest with yourself and if you're having if you're perfectly fine, okay, that's great. You're probably not perfectly fine if you're listening to this. You're probably not perfectly fine if you're nine minutes in. You're probably kinda of messed up, and I would recommend that you do some form of elimination diet. Um so bunch of garbage in there. Um so whole grains, beans, those are like the natural ones that are and nuts, God, nuts. I had my friend me and my friend both experienced this. So um this was about, I think it was two years ago when I was kind of getting, really getting into lifting. And um, I, I decided I wanted to go on a bulk. <laughs> so what I'd do is every every night before I would go um, upstairs, I would just eat like a gigantic bowl of almonds. And um, <laughs> if you can't guess what happened, I'd wake up and <laughs> it's just horrible, horrible diarrhea. My parents were like, maybe it's nuts. I'm like, no, there's no way. They're healthy. Um, and so I would even wake up in the middle of the night and have diarrhea. It's, like, it wouldn't even take until the morning. It was insane. Um, yeah. So nuts also have a ton of lectins in them. I just, I can't tolerate this stuff. So I just eat meat and fruit. And um, I eat some potatoes too. Potatoes have a ton of lectins. Um, but what I do is I boil them. I actually put it above boiling. Like I just put it to such a high temperature. And then I let them cook for like 40 minutes. Like I just overcook. I just overcook. I over. <laughs> I almost just said crap. I'm losing myself here, guys. Yeah, I, I just overcook my potatoes. Like, oh my god! And to get all the lectins out, to get all the solene out, to get all the resistant starch out, and I don't want any of that stuff. It's just garbage. Literally beneficial plant chemicals. <laughs> it's such a joke. 
It's such a joke that they can call it beneficial. Most of them work literally the same way as cyanide. And I, I bet you if you if you ask them, you know, the, the forms of cyanide, they would tell you that's a beneficial plant chemical. God, idiots. I, okay, that was ego. I don't mean to get egotistical, but if you're going to say something's a beneficial plant chemical, like, come on, dude. It's just, it's ridiculous. Just go, literally go exercise, and that's going to be much more beneficial, and it's not going to have anti-thyroid or anti-androgen effects or serotonergic effects. Okay. Oh, my God. I've been talked about what the gut has to do with ADHD. Oh, my God. We're 11 minutes in. Okay. So I've talked a little bit about, okay. Let, 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 let's let's finish this quickly because I don't want to. After that, I'm going to talk about what the gut in the gut is so big in ADHD. It's so major. I can't believe I didn't mention that. Um, so other things, sugar alcohols, also sugar alcohols. I'm pretty sure erythrol. Where am I here? Um, yeah. So erythrol, um, sorb, all these things. Oh, it's natural. It's naturally found in these. Um, it's naturally found in apples. Um, yeah, <laughs> I mean, not really, because the, the sorbitol and the, and all these, all these sugar alcohols that are naturally found in fruits, they're not extracting sh sugar alcohols from fruits and then putting them into, you know, protein powders and toothpaste and stuff. You know how they're making it? They're taking alcohol and they're taking some form of sugar and they're going to react. And you know, alcohol is, if you, um, if you're an expert on endocrine disruptors, you would know that alcohol is an endocrine disruptor. Alcohol, also known in any form of alcohol. If you see alcohol, alcohol is also known as ethanol, ethanol um, made from ethylene. No, they do not ferment grapes and, um, <laughs> and yeast and to make alcohol for a shampoo, right? They're going to make it by ethylene, and that's going to have contaminants, 1,4-dioxane and polycyclic aromatic hydrocarbons, also known as PAH, which are going to be estrogenic and carcinogenic and inflammatory. Not good for ADHD. <laughs> not good at all. Um... <laughs> Yeah, so sugar alcohol is very bad. Um, I think, yeah, lectins are pretty big. Oxalates, uh, phytates, those can have effects. You don't really need to worry that much about those. Unless you're having big problems, then you should look into that. Um, what else? I think fiber. There we go, fiber. Fiber is one of the biggest gut irritants ever in all these, oh, God. It feeds the microbiome. So here, here's the problem with fiber. Um, we really did not have that much fiber uh, evolutionarily. And you know, there's all this stuff that's like, fruit used to be like so much fiber and so low in sugar. And it's, I mean, yeah, that's insoluble fiber. So we really did not consume any, ins uh, we did really did not consume any soluble fiber throughout our ancestry. Maybe some Africans did, but uh, if you're European, if you're Asian, if you're... A lot, or Asian actually, I think. I don't know. I can only really speak for myself. Um, there's not a lot of soluble fiber that hunter gatherers are eating. Um, it's basically all. I'm pretty sure fruit is fruit and soluble fiber. Okay. Yeah. So. Also, I've just noticed this anecdotally, like fruit. Fruit fiber never causes any problems for me, but whenever I eat like whole, like grains or like any any of that kind of fiber, it just messes me up. Like I just get a terrible diarrhea. Problem for this is that fiber kind of like scratches your, kind of irritates your gut. In some people, some people it doesn't. I've noticed this effect. Um, fiber is very serotonergic, so fiber in high amounts, and you see they're telling us to eat like lots of fiber, eat lots of whole grains. Ah, 
I don't know if I'd recommend that, considering the, especially for ADHD, considering the fact that fiber is very serotonergic. This is basically just, I think it's basic knowledge. Um, fiber serotonin. Oh my god. Oh. Oh. <laughs> okay, zoe.com. Okay. Oh man. I really don't mean to hate on these people. Can eating more fiber improve mental health? Increased fiber intake may nourish your gut microbiome, which then influences the serotonin system, potentially reducing symptoms of depression. Oh man, there's a lot to unpack here. So, um, increased fiber intake doesn't nourish your gut. It, it's, it, 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 it itches the gut, right? It, it, it like irritates the gut. Um, and, and you can debate like whether fiber is bad. I don't care. In this in this scenario, the reason serotonin is being released is because the gut is irritated. When the gut is irritated, it releases serotonin. How can serotonin, a happy hormone, how can it be such a good thing for our guts to be irritated? Shouldn't every American be walking around? Why do we even need SSRIs? We can just eat lots of fiber and then get our serotonin up, right? Uh, that leads us to the next thing, which is high serotonin or low serotonin does not cause depression. Uh, actually, the high serotonin often is a good cause of depression. So increased fiber intake may nourish your gut microbiome, which then influences the serotonin system, potentially reducing symptoms of depression. I would rewrite this as increased fiber intake may irritate your gut microbiome, which then releases serotonin, um, not potentially, definitely worsening mental health and especially worsening ADHD. Serotonin is not beneficial for ADHD because it lowers dopamine and it lowers androgens, which is a double whammy because androgens also influence dopamine. Um, yeah, the really serotonin, low serotonin theory of depression, it's dead. <laughs> it, is, it is dead and gone. It is really dead and gone, guys. I, It is really dead and gone. And this is what makes me think that a lot of like doctors, psychiatrists, and people... Don't and I don't mean people in general, but like a lot of doc, they they're not really striving for new information because if they were, they would read this, the literature and they would see, you know, the serotonin theory of depression is. I wouldn't even say all but dead. Like it's dead. It is like it is dead. <laughs> and this is why we see that SSRIs are. I mean, they're effective in some people, but in so many people, they are so ineffective. And this is not because there's multiple causes of depression. This is because the only thing that high serotonin can actually be beneficial for is putting you in a complacency kind of, I don't mean to be offensive, but like zombified state where you don't really, where you're less sensitive to your conditions. This is why high serotonin, serotonin antagonists um, reverse anhedonia. They cure anhedonia, right? You t I say this all the time. You take a happy person, you put them in a high serotonin state, they become anhedonic, right? Um, you take a depressed person and you put them in a high serotonin state and they become normalized. They're not happy. They're just not depressed. They're just not sensitive to the fact that their life is potentially very bad. Or in some cases, we have happy people and then they get to a high serotonin state and then they say, and then they feel nothing and they feel everything's, because they're before they're happy and now they just feel nothing. That would make someone pretty, um, that would make them feel like they're depressed, right? But you take an actual person who just hates their life and then you make them feel nothing and they feel like something has massively improved. This is why we should not be grouping all cases of depression. Like, oh, this is depression. Oh, it must be high serotonin or all depression has the same mechanism. Um, 
I don't know. I think a lot of depression has to do with high serotonin, um, and that could cause anhedonia. I think there's no depression that is caused by low serotonin. Um, we consistently see that uh, low serotonin, serotonin antagonists do not cause depression. It's just it's such a like a coffin theory. Like it's just it's just like a meme. It's just dead. The serotonin theory of depression is so dead, guys. There's no one really still defending it. Um, it's serotonin. We see, you know, people. The Google Health will say like, or, or I, there was something I made a video on this. There were does it like decrease affinity for the transporter or whatever? But the transporter is really not what changes. And according to serotonergics, like all these serotonergics in our society, PUFAs, fiber, um, EMF, plant chemicals, endocrine receptors, estrogen. These things do not affect the uh, the transporter. They affect the serotonin directly. So the levels of the transporter don't really have anything to do with ADHD. But um, there's a lot of studies that show. I could pull one up right now. Um, Serotonin level in ADHD children was significantly higher than non-ADHD children. And before you get on me for just reading the conclusion, um, <laughs> go read the study. I already read it, but I'm not going to talk about it again. So we see that serotonin is anti-dopamine. This is not being positive. So the, what I'm really trying to get at here, the problem with gut, with the problem with um, gut irritation, and this is why we see that people complain about brain fog when they have gut irritation. This is why it's a common side effect. Well, how could I be having brain irritation if I have all these happy hormones in my brain? Turns out they're not happy hormones. Turns out they're um, fatigue, fattening, um, <laughs> anhedonia hormones, um, decreasing, de uh, decreasing dopamine hormones. I, just, I, I don't understand how anyone can still unironically un say in 2023 that serotonin is I don't understand it. But um, we do know that gut irritation induces brain fog. I think that this has to do with a low dopamine state that's caused by a high serotonin state. Um, as we know in nature, it's not really possible to be high serotonin and high dopamine at the same time. You'd have to take substances, um, which is intriguing to me when, um, you will see doctors putting people on, um, stimulants <laughs> and SSRIs at the same time. If you're wondering why SSRIs are effective in some people, it's because they reduce brain inflammation and they have antihistamine effects. So, um, the, the latter is not as big effect. The, the biggest effect is just, um, and also because high serotonin puts you in a kind of numb state. So if you actually, if your life actually does suck, um, a high serotonin state will help you. And it won't help you because your life is still going to suck, but you're just not going to be sensitive to it. And you're just, it's going to kind of zombify you. That, like I, that word, I think that's a, a, a great word for the effects that serotonin has. So um, it's going to kind of zombify you. The other, the other main thing is that it, it, uh, SSRIs inhibit something. I don't remember what it is, but um, it inhibits brain brain inflammation but there are a lot of studies that show that when you pair ssris with a stimulant with a dopaminergic stimulant which will decrease serotonin um, it increases the efficacy of the antidepressant how is that possible how is it possible that you're going to take something which is going to further decrease serotonin along with this thing which is increasing serotonin and it's going to have better effect than, uh, it's just it's dead and gone guys it's dead and gone so I think that it's it's just dead and gone. Um, serotonin, you no know, matter what you're gonna say about depression, it's dead and gone. Um, ADHD, there's people who are saying it, it, it's causing ADHD. It's just ridiculous. Um, I think the high serotonin is actually causing ADHD. Like I'm saying, gut irritation. The big problem is it's gonna promote brain fog. I'm not sure that could be also through other um, mechanisms other than serotonin. But it's gonna release a ton of serotonin into the bloodstream, which there's a big campaign. 
by the <laughs> the industry to kind of show that it doesn't cross the blood-brain barrier. Um, but recent research, we know that it does. Um, okay, so I. <laughs> Serotonin blood brain barrier and the first thing is the thing I was describing because serotonin cannot cross the blood brain barrier um, From what I've seen this is false. I think it I think it can cross I'm gonna find a study um, I'm actually gonna look at this study. I'm gonna see um. <laughs> Okay, there's no study. Oh, uh, okay What? Normally in the body, 5-HTP is converted from tryptophan and is able to cross the blood brain. Oh, okay. 5-hydroxytryptophan is able to cross it. Okay. I'm going to have to look at this after because I might be misinformed. But I'm 90% sure that it, it does cross the blood barrier. But what's going to happen is it's going to release a crap. And I'm going to look at this. So I might actually come back and make another add-on to why I was incorrect. But from what my understanding... Serotonin, it's gonna when your gut gets irritated, releases on serotonin, it's gonna get released into your bloodstream, and then that's gonna cross your blood brain barrier, and it's going to at some level, and it's gonna increase your uh, your what's it called intracellular, is that, yeah, intracellular. It's gonna increase your intracellular serotonin, which is gonna decrease your intracellular dopamine. This is now we want uh, ADHD is caused by low dopamine, and you want to do everything you possibly can to get your dopamine as high as possible. That's what this podcast is all about, getting your dopamine as high as possible, optimizing your gut, going on an elimination diet, making making sure you get good poops um, is going to be very helpful for ADHD. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, let me let me know if you always let me know if you have any questions. ADHD at gmail.com. Um, yeah. Have a good day. I'll see you in the next episode.